Welcome to Herrera on Hollywood. My name is Stephen Herrera, and today I am interviewing Matt Patterson. Matt is the co-writer and producer of the sci-fi fantasy feature film Lunamancer. It won Best Feature Film at the Philip K. Dick Science Fiction Film Festival. The film made its streaming debut on Amazon Prime on November 14th, 2023. Since then, the film played in a micro cinema and was released on Blu-ray disc earlier this week. Matt, thank you for taking the time to be on the show again. Thank you for allowing me to talk about Lunamancer uh, because we need more people to watch it. When you make micro cinema, one of the uh, most pressing issues is uh, getting an audience to appreciate it. And as you mentioned, it has uh, been on Amazon Prime where you can rent it, VOD. Uh, it is also on Tubi right now, looking great, which you can watch for free with an ad. It is on VHS, which you can buy from ludomancer.com and Yesterday, I was just looking at the date. It's finally released on Blu-ray in its premium condition where it uh, looks beautiful. And as an extra feature, it comes with a commentary with the cast and crew and the VHS version, which we ripped from the VHS that we made to sell and show at the theater, but we put it on the Blu-ray so everybody can see it in the glory that is analog video. Wow, it's great to hear that there are so many ways to be able to watch Luna Mancer. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Tubi, and it's available on Blu-ray disc. I wanted to ask you, um, I know the VHS edition of the film screened at a micro cinema in Silver Lake called Whammy. What did that screening look like? Well, uh, Whammy only opened a few years ago. And imagine, in the middle of Los Angeles, on Sunset Boulevard, where all the hip kids come out to strut their stuff. You go kind of around the back. And in this cavernous space is an independent VHS shop, as you may remember it or wish it was, from like the late 90s. It's amazing because you can rent VHSs there if you have a membership, you can buy VHS. They actually have uh, lasers, some laser discs there for sale. Wow. I mean, it gets obscure and they have a like 50 seat micro cinema where they show uh, all kinds of things, mostly on VHS format. And one night we, presented the Los Angeles premiere of all places at Whammy, a VHS micro cinema. And the idea behind that was to get people out to see something special. Now, this is a contemporary film, but kind of framing it in this almost retro way, we felt enhanced the uh, alienation uh, that is present in the film, right? Because it it won a Philip K. Dick Award uh, because one of the reasons was the festival director said the main character 
Here's the cover. Uh, looked a lot like young Philip K. Dick to him. And that he's having trouble distinguishing between fantasy and reality. And he meets a moon wizard who may or may not have kidnapped or killed his sister. And so the only way to hurt him is to uh, strap some crowbars. You can maybe see that uh, to his arms and uh, try to beat him to death. So it's a family film. <laughs> can you can you tell us about the challenges of getting the film released on Blu-ray disc? So Blu-ray is not uh, as popular. Blu-ray and DVD authoring tools are not um, as popular as they once were. So first of all, I had to learn a completely new piece of software, right? We, we had wonderful, um, a wonderful master to work with, and uh, but we got it all on the disc. And then it's like, how do you distribute it? And when I worked at uh, Warner Archive for 12 years, we specialized in um, movies that were, we were putting on DVD and Blu-ray sort of on demand. They were being assembled or burned on demand. These Blu-rays are burned. Warner Archives ones are assembled. They're, when, when you place an order, you pull one off the disc or you burn one and you put it in the case and then you digitally print the wrapper. It becomes a unit, it ships off. The advantage to this is that you are not sitting on a warehouse full of stock, right? There are no returns, which is kind of the bane of uh, the physical book record and uh, vid video industry because you you have to project sales and you can you know that's how they wind up at truck stops or 7-eleven is you just wind up having too many we can, this is a micro budget film we can't afford to make too many of these uh and that's why it's a great format and because uh, i've worked with and know people who are physical media lovers the physical media version is specifically targeted to them, uh, sort of as an homage uh, to their, you know, support and uh, of of the medium that I love and helping uh, keep it alive. I, I I know you mentioned that the Blu-ray was just released yesterday. Yes. Where can consumers purchase it now? Well, you would think that Micro Cinema, that was funded out of the crew's pocket. Uh, would be only available from my living room, but it is not. It is available at Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Oldies, Movies Unlimited, RecordStoreDay.com has it. You can order it from your local to there to your local record store, supporting your local record store. It's it's an incredible distribution, and it's. Uh, actually, all over the world, you can get it in France. Uh, it's streaming in uh, England and Ireland, the island of Guernsey. So, wow. yeah, it's it's a truly international release. Uh, but the issue for me as a filmmaker and as uh, the marketer is it's available. Now I have to connect this very strange, weird little movie with uh, the select audience that 
uh, is into it. And they exist. We've gotten to the festivals. We've gotten great reviews. You are out there, fans of this movie. We just need you to watch it. And I want to tell our audience that the Blu-ray disc includes an excellent commentary featuring Matt Patterson, uh, the writer of the film, and two of the actors as well. Yeah, the director is was my uh, co-writer. He came up with the whole thing. I, uh, believe it or not, I was the voice of sanity in this. I'm like, oh, we have to make it tell a story. And uh, you've seen the film. <laughs> and, and I heard you talking on the commentary as well. You're sort of being a moderator, bringing yeah. everyone back to talking about what's important. I'm the serious one. <laughs> And in addition to the commentary, we've got the trailer for the film. Yes. And as Matt mentioned, the VHS version, a rip of the VHS version, yes. is a special feature. So you can see it in all of its four to three glory. Yes. If you're really into pan and scan, um, desaturated color, and uh, video noise, that's the version I recommend. And honestly, to, to be fair, the director says it's his favorite version. And so he's so happy that it's on the Blu-ray and more people get to see it than just at that cinema or if you happen to buy the VHS on lunamancer.com. So I want to talk real quickly about the market for Blu-ray and physical media. I know that in 2020... Warner Brothers partnered with Universal to release its titles on disc. And recently, Disney announced that it is partnering with Sony to release its titles on physical media. Is that the new normal as major studios shift their resources to direct-to-consumer streaming services? Yes. <laughs> to answer your question very simply, yes. Physical media, there, there's still a lot of money there a lot of money on the table but it's not you know uh in 2007 i believe it was a like nine billion dollar business at, at warner brothers like it, it was just in, it's, it's hard for me to even remember the stats because it was just so huge and it's gone down but it's not zero it's it's i know you know how much is made and it is a very, very healthy, profitable business. It's just not, um, you know, Harry Potter or superhero money, right? So it's, it's, it's getting licensed out, but, uh, but that means that smaller distributors uh, can pick up the slack. Right. And we have a lot of um, smaller distributors that, distribute high quality versions of older films cult classics yes they're delivering all the content that consumers want to see on those yeah and they they look great and each of the different labels gets to add their touch with their very own special features because that's what they that's what they can really bring to the table in a recent pie chart aggregating the top 50 disc sellers about 65% of units sold were DVD, about 25% were Blu-ray, and about 10% were 4K Blu-ray. And I was surprised to see that DVD was the largest percentage of units sold. Is that because 
Walmart and Target are now the only remaining big box retailers who sell physical media and they carry mostly DVD or is it because DVD is a lower price or a combination of both? It more has to do with installed base, right? Like DVD, people had players and players were cheap for so long that people just got used to DVDs. And the fascinating thing about DVDs is that the mastering level on DVDs has gotten to the point, especially with like a DVD nine, that the average person feels it looks great, right? They don't, they don't care. Um, like, like, I mean, though, they could tell the difference, but it's not as important to them. Uh, and when it comes to TV sets where it's like multiple discs, yes, there's a cost difference, but it's, it's more in the authoring rather than the disc. Cause the disc is the disc, right? It's, it's about the same, the same price. Um, and another thing that we found is, um, traditional uh, DVD buyers, when they went out and bought a new DVD player, if their old one goes and they buy a Blu-ray player, they don't even know that they own a Blu-ray player. They just put the discs in and they still work. So they're, they're like, oh, I have DVDs. So DVDs are so ubiquitous that if you're aiming for a non-collector market, you're going to make the most money that way on any any release any release it's still going to be majority dvd uh if if i sell a certain number of blu-rays on this i'll release a dvd i just wanted to get it to collectors um and i also wanted the challenge of burning a blu-ray because it's much harder because they've changed the you know like the software has completely changed over the years because people see it as obsolete, right? Like, so it's, it's, uh, it, it, it took, it took me way longer than I suspected. And just to clarify for our audience, the Lunamancer Blu-ray release is a burned Blu-ray yes. rather than a pressed Blu-ray as in a commercial Blu-ray release. Yeah. To, to get a spindle, uh, it just would have been uh, prohibitively expensive. Look, if if sales go way up and it, you know I could make more money by putting them on a spindle, it's it's actually a higher unit cost um, by by burning it. But they, if you have a modern machine, it works. We had the same doubts when we first came out with the DVD-Rs. When I worked at uh, Warner Archive, people were like, "These discs are never going to hold out for ten years," and uh, that was uh, four, 14 years ago. And those discs play just as well, or if not better, because we paid more per disc. So, uh, the, you know, there's this uh, thing you may have heard of called like DVD rot, where like certain DVDs from the mid aughts, they use such a cheap glue that the layers start to come undone and the laser can't get the right zeros and ones. Wow. Yeah. And, those, you know, and that's a legacy problem. It's it's interesting. Uh, people, but people who are collectors 
want to, you know, go the distance with their with their media. Um, I mean, like, um, I think it was like 2013 or 2014, I, I wrote a position paper, uh, just sort of saying that Blu-rays and even DVDs are going to be like uh, vinyl, right? It's going to have the percentages of, of vinyl. And what I didn't 100% foresee is vinyl sales have recently eclipsed CD sales, right? Right. So as the music industry goes, the, the film industry will follow. So at some point, the Blu-ray will probably eclipse or blue, a combination of Blu-ray and 4K will probably eclipse DVD, but it's, it's, it's slow. It's slow going. Meanwhile, we've got these specialty films that are being released by boutique Blu-ray distributors exclusively online. Right. These are companies like uh, Vinegar Syndrome. And these, seem, these companies seem to be doing very well, selling high-quality products online. Do you think that these specialty distributors are the future of physical media sales? You know, if you, um, if you have a tentpole picture, right? You know, like a new Harry Potter comes out. Um, that's probably still going to go through a different tier of releasing. I mean, maybe in the future, and a, but, but the independent companies, um, you know, that have exclusive deals with the labels, like, like it isn't, uh, the, the one with Warner brothers is it's a joint venture between Warner brothers and universal. It's a, actually a third, it's, it's its own company. It's like spun off. That's what, that's who's releasing all the physical media at the A level, right? And Warner Archive has always existed for the B level material that may not get, you know, higher placement or require higher marketing, you know, consider considerations. But the back catalog, B releases, uh, B new release, new releases to television as well those will probably go to indie distributors and indie distributors while they don't own the rights to the underlying you know properties what they do and what they do incredibly well is they add contextualization right you get special packaging you get special features you get special commentaries and that's what they own right? That's theirs. And they bring that to the table. And that's how you start following a label because you know, oh, Vinegar Syndrome is doing this. And they and they have this kind of equipment and they do this kind of film and they they they, they make it into something special because it's, it's programmatic releasing rather than like, a, you know, it's going out to a Walmart bin releasing. And they connect with their niche audience very well because they treat these products with such care and they right. give it such high quality releases and extra material that fans appreciate. Right. And it's, and they are, uh, and that way they can assess their needs, you know, like, okay, it's going to cost this. We can put these features on, you can project sales, you know, can we make a profit? Yes. Obviously they have because they continue to do it. Right. Like that's um that's a business and those releases are fantastic. And you know, Warner Brothers 
has been releasing more things through specialty labels and they're they're great they're great releases you know highly highly recommended and i wanted to ask you matt um i like borrowing movies on dvd from public libraries but public libraries don't have blu-ray discs are there any video stores where you can rent blu-ray discs specialty ones right because it's a specialty um niche and uh you know like los angeles has uh several places uh cinephile on the west side is a it, it has wonderful blu-ray selection you know sales and rental right and that's because they i mean i bought back in like 2006 or seven i bought a a uh, multi-region DVD player from Cinephile because I wanted to play like, you know, these, these discs that were coming in from other countries and I had no way to do it. So I just bought it directly from then, supported them. And then I was renting movies like crazy from there, from all over the world. And then um, when Netflix started their crazy experiment, uh, by, you know, it was like a, fr a fr streaming was a free add-on. I enjoyed the weird ass back catalog stuff that they put up because that's what they could get the rights to. And I was like, oh my God, this is like my dream come true. I'm watching the, you know, Canon films. Uh, like, like I can, I can watch a uh, popsicle, you know, uh, um, oh my God. There's like there's just like crazy Israeli films and things, and I'm just like you know that that just became a rabbit hole for me, right? But now, you know, Netflix is like blockbuster. It's it's mainstream. There's some obscure things on it, but you don't you know you don't go there for something obscure. I mean, maybe a good new release, but you go to something like Tubi, which has a deep, deep, deep library of very very offbeat films on it and you know i mean it, the masters are good but again it's not the same as physical media there's no commentary there's no contextualization there's i don't even know why i'm going from one thing to another or why something's being recommended i'm just like that the great cover click right you missed that. You've lost all of those special features and all the behind the scenes content is not available. Yeah, there's just, I mean, the algorithms are helpful and sometimes surprising, but they're not like, you know, the video person behind the counter telling me, you got to check out this movie where two pumpkins do Kung Fu. Or even just being able to go into the store to the section that you yeah. like and yeah. look titles on the shelf yeah and like pick it up and read the copy right and like, see the still pictures on the back no nobody should hang out with me when i start going through a streaming service where i'm like what is this key art where's the trailer where's the pitch why should i watch this i just get mad at it because i'm like sell me <laughs> it's not as personal as going to a video store. Well, you know, um, design-wise, I feel that somebody made a decision like, nobody reads the text. 
they just click on the pictures of people's faces like it's the 90s big head you know like you put bruce willis's head is like three quarters of the cover and i'm like i don't know what movie it is but i paid a lot of money for bruce willis so click well i've got the public <laughs> libraries i've got these specialty video stores to check out it's, yeah it's the, still possible to have that experience uh i lit now live down in downtown la and the public library is two blocks away and they do have one very tiny shelf of blu-rays but it's a huge dvd library huge and i can get them for five days and it's so much fun to go in there because it it looks like the 90s in there because that's when it was built. And uh, and then two blocks this way, I have Alamo Draft House. So they have the video vortex where it's like all these like and they're free. It's just like uh, they just have all these crazy DVDs and you just can check them out. And, you know, again, it's DVDs, but they're fun, right? Like there's there's nothing wrong. I mean, to me, there's nothing wrong with it. DVD. If I want a high quality presentation, if I'm looking for a good master, you know, you get a 4K, you get a, a Blu-ray or, you know, a, a high quality digital master uh, that you download or whatever. But it's it's uh, there are all different reasons to watch uh, films and TV shows, and they always don't have to be a premium experience because every experience, every way you watch is is different there's no right way and hey, matt are you familiar with a micro cinema on sunset boulevard called cine lounge oh yeah cine lounge I've, I've gone there many times okay so how would you categorize how would you classify the budget of the independent films that play there versus a, a film like lunamancer's budget so if Luna Mancer were to play in a regular theater in LA, that would be the theater because they uh, allow four walling. Like I could pay money for them to show it, right? And that is a marketing hook because you can be like, it's been released in LA. And then that'll be part of a day and date releasing with digital, right? Like see it in the theater here, you know, like that's a, it's a good strategy. They, um, it's, it's run uh, on a, it's great. It, it, it's a wonderful viewing experience. It's, it's run more like uh, the theaters that I would encounter when I visit Europe, right? Like it's, it's just a, I, you know, cause it's one different movie right after the other and you know just strap in right like it's 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 crazy well it's it's a great independent film theater for yes. exclusively independent films so i guess what Very i was ask is did you consider playing luna mancer at I the did. i did and um uh i just thought that it would be more fun to show it at a vhs venue because uh, while I have nothing against that, I, I couldn't time the day and date correctly. So I tried to time the day and date uh, for the other one with the physical release. And so to and and I thought that that was a good angle. Now you're seeing behind the scenes in my brain. <laughs> um, so it's like, why not go somewhere that supports physical media and the people who are there? You know, like like somebody who 
goes to a VHS store is somebody who is adamantly in love with physical media. Okay, it makes total sense now. The rationale for choosing the screening at Whammy is to reach that audience of hardcore physical media collectors and to have a day and date screening almost as a way to promote not only the VHS release of the film, that, but to be able to say, and by the way, if you're interested in the Blu-ray, it has the VHS version as a special feature. You're making the speech that I made in front of everybody there. <laughs> and, you know, the idea too, with like events like this is like, you know, like, you know, 40, 50 people show up to this, but also we can put it on social media and take pictures. Like, obviously not everybody is going to be able to come out to this event, but it, um, all I'm trying to do is get it to like tick a box in your head and you're like, why? Right. But that leads to maybe somebody checking it out. You know, like, like if it made, if, if the movie made sense to you, why would you go see it? You know, like if, if you thought you knew everything about it, and, but instead it's, uh, I want it to be full of surprise and delight. <laughs> so Matt, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today about Lunamancer, released on Blu-ray disc, and about the physical media market itself, which is changing rapidly. So thanks again for your time. And I want to encourage everybody to check out Lunamancer on Blu-ray Thank you. It's almost like I could have talked another hour about this, but thank God I didn't. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, Matt. Bye.